Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Thursday of the 34th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Stir up the will of your faithful, we pray, O Lord, that striving more eagerly to bring your divine work to fruitful completion, they may receive in greater measure the healing remedies your kindness bestows. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of the Apocalypse. I, John, saw an angel come down from heaven, with great authority given to him. The earth was lit up with his glory. At the top of his voice he shouted, Babylon has fallen, Babylon the great has fallen, and has become the haunt of devils and a lodging for every foul spirit and dirty, loathsome bird. Then a powerful angel picked up a boulder like a great millstone, and as he hurled it into the sea he said, That is how the great city of Babylon is going to be hurled down, never to be seen again. Never again in you, Babylon, will be heard the song of harpists and minstrels, the music of flute and trumpet. Never again will craftsmen of every skill be found, or the sound of the mill be heard. Never again will shine the light of the lamp. Never again will be heard the voices of bridegroom and bride, Your traders were the princes of the earth. All the nations were under your spell. After this, I seemed to hear the great sound of a huge crowd in heaven, singing Alleluia, victory and glory and power to our God. He judges fairly, he punishes justly, and he has condemned the famous prostitute who corrupted the earth with her fornication. He has avenged his servants that she killed. They sang again, Alleluia. The smoke of her will go up forever and ever. The angel said, Write this, Happy are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, All the things you have written are true messages from God. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Blessed are they who are called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Blessed are they who are called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Serve the Lord with gladness, come before him singing for joy. Blessed are they who are called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Know that he, the Lord, is God. 
He made us, we belong to him. We are his people, the sheep of his flock. Blessed are they who are called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Go within his gates, giving thanks. Enter his courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. Blessed are they who are called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Indeed, how good is the Lord. Eternal his merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Blessed are they who are called to the wedding feast of the Lamb. Alleluia, Alleluia. Lift up your heads and see. Your redemption is near at hand. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, you must realise that she will soon be laid desolate. Then those in Judea must escape to the mountains. Those inside the city must leave it, and those in country districts must not take refuge in it. For this is the time of vengeance, when all that Scripture says must be fulfilled. Alas for those with child, or with babies at the breast, when those days come. For great misery will descend on the land, and wrath on his people. They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive to every pagan country, and Jerusalem will be trampled down by the pagans until the age of the pagans is completely over. There will be signs in the sun and moon and stars, on earth nations in agony, bewildered by the clamour of the ocean and its waves, men dying of fear as they await what menaces the world, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand erect, hold your heads high, because your liberation is near at hand. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The reading we have today from the book of the Apocalypse is a bit of a hodgepodge. We've got a couple of verses from the beginning of chapter 18, uh, then some verses from the middle, uh, and then some beginning verses from chapter 19. So there's stuff that we're missing, but we kind of hit the highlights. We hear the word of judgment over the great city of Babylon and its destruction, and then the rejoicing in the presence of God of those who are saved. So let's try and put a little context on this thing. The apocalypse that's happened, like the word apocalypse means revelation, right? The unveiling that's happened through these symbolic visions is the description of the victory of God, of the coming of the kingdom of God and the destruction of evil, of the kingdoms of the dragon and the beast. And so far, we've heard this described a few ways, right? We started off by having this great vision of God's throne room uh, and in his hand is a scroll with seven seals and the lamb who was slain uh, is the one who is able to break open the seals. And as these seals are broken, we see these judgments being declared over the world until finally we hear about the great and terrifying day of the Lord. Uh, and from the day of the Lord, we hear that those who've been sealed God's servants, the 144,000, are caught up as part of the Lamb's army and are shown to be victorious. They're victorious through the blood of the Lamb. And they're the ones who come through this great time of tribulation, the day of the Lord. 
Then the scroll which the Lamb had broken the seals open from, you know, this great plan of God for the coming of the kingdom, it's now open and laid bare because the Lamb has unlocked it and John is invited to eat it. And in eating it, he proclaims it. This is revelation. This is the unveiling of God's plan. Okay, now remember, we're doing a quick summary here. We've got the broad brushstrokes of the whole story. Evil will be conquered, and God's great victory will be made manifest by the coming of his kingdom. And all of this through the blood of the Lamb, and through those who are sealed and marked out as the ones belonging to the army of the Lamb. All right, deep breath. That's the big picture. What John does then is home in on certain aspects of the story symbolically describing how this will come about. And that's where we get this new theme come in of Babylon. Now, if you remember a little bit of your Old Testament history, the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem. They destroyed the temple and they carried off into exile the best and brightest of Jerusalem. So we haven't heard this bit in the first reading. It comes just before uh, the passages that are quoted. Um, But Babylon is depicted as an extraordinarily beautiful woman who's dressed in the robes of royalty. She's wearing purple and scarlet, which um, is evocative of the Roman emperors. On her forehead is written her name, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of all obscenities on earth. So if you've heard anything about the book of the apocalypse, you've probably heard about the whore of Babylon. Well, that's what we're describing now. Um, and the thing about this harlotry, um, when you go back to the Old Testament, that's always a cipher for the sin of idolatry. Israel is described as a harlot when she turns and worships foreign gods. And so the whore of Babylon is the one who worships false gods. Anyway, she's drunk, but she's drunk on the blood of the people of God, the blood of the martyrs. And lastly, she's riding on the beast, which had seven heads and ten horns. Remember from before, the sign of militaristic power, of violence and of domination? Well, she's riding on that. So she's called Babylon, this ancient enemy of Israel. But the picture that's being drawn is one of Rome. An angel describes to John that the seven heads symbolises the seven hills of the city. And of course, you know, famously, Rome is built on seven hills. And Rome, with all its great power and wealth, paints a very pretty picture. But in fact, she's a harlot. And she's drunk on the blood of the martyrs. Now, in drawing upon Babylon and Rome, really what's happening here is that a more generic picture is being painted of human dysfunction. There is a tendency in the world to form nations which become their own gods, riding on economic and militaristic power. They set themselves up in opposition to the one true God and become the persecutors of the people of God. So it's not just Babylon and it's not just Rome. We can look around and see it now. But here's the thing. What we know already is that the dragon and the two beasts, and you know, particularly the beast that the whore of Babylon is riding, that they're defeated. 
And so what we see rise up out of power and majesty and splendor is already on its way to destruction. So don't get sucked into following the losing team. And the first reading we have then declares the fall of Babylon the Great. In the victory of God, she will be hurled down, never to be seen again. And then John sees a vision of the great song of victory. Listen, after this, I seemed to hear the great sound of a huge crowd in heaven singing, Alleluia, victory and glory and power to our God. He judges fairly, he punishes justly, and he has condemned the famous prostitute who corrupted the earth with her fornication, with her idolatry, right? He has avenged his servants that she killed. Now here's the proclamation. Who is the one who is properly invested with glory and power? It's God. Certainly not Babylon who has been defeated. The rejoicing of those who refused to join Babylon is the fulfilment of their constant petition to God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. They are the ones who resisted the seduction and the lies of Babylon. So when you pull back at this point and consider that, you know, the book of Revelation is being written as a symbolic unveiling of the coming of God's kingdom, well, then we receive a pretty powerful message. You're going to come across Babylon. She's powerful in the world where the dragon is doing its business, and she's seductive. But don't get sucked in. As powerful and as beautiful as it appears, it's sinking. Whatever about the power and luxury and opulence of the Titanic, don't jump on. The message to the Christians under Roman persecution is to stay faithful, to remember to which kingdom we belong and to which kingdom we look for salvation. Victory, glory and power belong to our God. We finish the reading with a last little invitation that should sound familiar to all of us. The angel says to John, write this, Happy are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. We hear that at Mass, right? Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Well, we have a foretaste of that banquet of the Lamb in the Eucharist. The beginnings of that royal wedding feast. But while we still live in the time of tribulation, and while we wait for Babylon to be cast down, we continue our constant prayer and supplication, especially in moments of temptation. Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say... Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever.
Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.